Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Good morning, Mr. Laird. You may go right in. The doctor is ready to see you now. Good morning, Mr. Laird. Just take a seat on the couch and make yourself comfortable. And I'll be with you in just a moment. Howdy, howdy, friends and neighbors, and welcome back to the Old Grass Talk Radio Podcast. If I were to go to a psychiatrist, which I probably need to, if I were to walk into the office and the the doctor with the little pointy beard says, Oh, please make yourself comfortable on the couch, Mr. Laird, and gets out his clipboard and pen And I sigh and lay on the couch. And the doc says, So, Mr. Laird, what seems to be troubling you? I would probably say this. Please, I am so sick and tired of playing every song in the key of G or the key of A. Doc. If I hear this one more time, I may snap. Is that song in G or is it in A? Oh my God, Doc, what am I going to do? Well, the Doc, and I'm going to play the Doc in this case. The Doc would give you the following advice. Listen, Brad, you need to get out of your rut. You need to learn to play in some new keys. It's incredibly boring. It's it's actually painful to sit in a jam session for two hours, three hours, and pretty much play every song in the same key. It's 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 tiresome to the mind. Now, of course, as with all Grass Talk Radio podcasts, this is Bradley Laird's own personal opinion. You may disagree, and you're free to disagree, of course. But let me suggest to you that part of making things interesting is to change things periodically. Tempo changes. Subject matter key changes. Stylistic changes changes, uh, key changes. So we're going to talk about, what I'm going to do is talk about how to get out of that rut, that playing everything in G or playing everything in A rut is a ditch that you can get out of. I'm going to also talk about a couple of other ruts people get into. So let's, let's dig through the discussion of the key, the key of the song. I would be willing to bet you that if you pick, go to your CD rack or your record album collection, pull out any bluegrass album. And I would venture to guess that if you played, let's say the 12 songs on that album, that you will rarely find two songs back-to-back in the same key. Once in a while, you will. But 
if you do find the same song or the same key back to back, you will find it's a different tempo or a different time. Like they might have gone from a fast 2-4 song in G to a waltz, a slower waltz in G. And then it's going to switch to B flat. And then they're going to go to D. Then they're going to go to F. And you're going to be cycling through a lot of key changes because a new key is refreshing to the listener. Now, admittedly, when people are learning to play, they tend to learn to play in very few keys. Mandolin players tend to start out learning a lot of things in the key of A, perhaps G, perhaps D. Banjo players, without a doubt, always begin learning a lot of things in the key of G. Usually the same goes for beginners playing bluegrass guitar. They will learn to play G. They may also learn the key of D and possibly C. Fiddlers, just like mandolin players, are going to learn a lot of A tunes and D tunes. Well, that's that's the minor leagues. That's beginners. And those keys are so friendly. I mean, think about a dobro. A dobro is tuned to a G chord, as is a banjo. So that's the natural key to learn in. Learn to play some stuff in G. But you need to graduate to the major leagues. And you need to play in all of the keys. And... You know, in my uh, lesson materials for banjo, for mandolin, for upright bass, look at any of my stuff. I'm always talking about learning how to play in all keys because nobody wants to sit around and listen to a band play in one key all night, nor do they want to hear you play at the same tempo all night. Or it's like listening to the same song all night. Nobody wants to hear Cripple Creek played for two hours. You know, it would drive you insane. (laughs) At least play something different. So there's some ways to get out of this rut, and you just have to take the initiative to do it. So let's first talk about keys, because I'm on keys first. Advice item one is Learn to play in new keys. Don't play everything in G or A or whatever rut key you tend to play in. If you're a mandolin player, you might like D and A. If you're a guitar player, you might like C and G. Um, If you're a dobro player, you're probably stuck in G world, you know. Learn to play in new keys. So let's talk about what is a key. First of all, just briefly a little bit of music theory stuff here. If you want the real low-down skinny on this stuff, go to Mandolin Masterclass, my ebook, or go to the Flint Hill Scrolls or uh, various of my video lessons where I talk about what is a key. But I'll tell you very quickly that a key is a family of related chords that are based upon a scale. So, Let's say we had a G major scale. Now, how do we define the key of G major? Well, all those chords that would be found within the key of G major, every chord in the key of G major 
can be constructed using only the seven notes of the G major scale. So instead of the full 12 note chromatic scale, you only have seven notes, the seven notes of the G major scale. And you put them together in various combinations, like GBD will give you a G major chord. Any combination of three different ones of those notes will produce a chord, because a chord should be three different notes. But what we're doing is limiting the choice of those notes as all coming from the same scale. So if you have a G major scale, you're limited to those seven notes. Pick three notes, play them simultaneously, and you have a chord. And that chord is found in that key. So that's kind of in a nutshell what they are. Now, to learn to do this, you would think, well, okay, I need to learn all of the major scales, and then I need to learn all of the possible chords that are found that could be created using that scale. And it begins to get really complicated. Let me just use C, for example. If you use the C major scale, from the notes of the C major scale, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, those notes, you can produce a C major chord, a D minor chord, an E minor chord, an F major chord, a G major chord, an A minor chord, and a B diminished chord, which we all know we don't really use diminished chords very often in bluegrass. Once in a blue moon, especially banjo players when they're playing a fancy solo, but it's pretty much not used in bluegrass. So in that, from that one scale, from a C major scale, you can get three major chords and three minor chords. And we'll just leave it at that for right now. Those six, those are pretty much the six chords that are in that key. So there you go. You want to sing Sitting on Top of the World, and you strum a G chord on your guitar, and you start singing it in the key of G, but it's too high or it's too low. Move it. Put that capo on. Try playing it out of C. C's too low? Put a capo on and play it out of C. Now you're up in D. Still too low? Crank it up. Play it in out of C shapes, but now you're in the key of E. Find the key that suits your voice and play it there. Okay? Not every song is, is singable in the key of G, you know? It's just not. Now, unless you have this tremendous vocal range, which most people don't. Most people about an octave and a fourth that they can comfortably and clearly and in tune sing those notes. Very few people have a full two octave or two and a half or whatever octave range. There are singers who do, but most people don't. Most people, are, some people can barely get out an octave, you know. So find the key that suits your voice and play the song there. However, let me tell you this one truth about bluegrass and you could say old time music and most traditional folk music. And maybe even you could carry this over into some other genres like country and rock, but I'm not going there. Let's just, I'm going to say 
in bluegrass, there are 12 possible major keys. You could play in any one of the keys based on any note of the chromatic scale. You could play in the key of G, you could play in the key of G sharp, you could play in the key of A, you could play in the key of B flat, you could, you know, all the way up the scale. But we don't. The big four keys and are G, A, D, and C. G, A, D, C. Those are the big four. And they are those keys I mentioned at the very beginning when I said this is what beginners tend to learn in. They're the big four because you've got a lot of open strings on your instrument, whatever you play, that kind of line up with some of those keys. For example, key of G. On a banjo, you have two G strings. Uh, key of A, simple. Put the capo on the second fret and just pretend it's G. On a mandolin, you've got an A string and an E string. That just works beautifully with the key of A. The dobro, you know, it's GBD, GBD. <laughs> Clearly, it's just easy to play in G. You want to play an A? Throw the capo on second fret. Now you're an A. So uh, let's go back to mandolin fiddle. Why, why the key of D appears doesn't very much with banjo. It should more often, but it doesn't. But with mandolin and fiddle, you've got an open D string and you've got an open A string. So you got two notes that are found within the key of D and found within a D major chord. So you hear a lot of D tunes on the fiddle and on the mandolin. C pops up because it's a comfortable thing to do on guitar. Because if you're playing in the key of G, you're going to play the C chord a lot. So you've already got C chord, you know, you're, you're halfway there. And you'll actually use the G chord within the key of C on a guitar. So what I'm saying is the basic big four of bluegrass are G, A, D, and C. And what I'm saying is if you're going to a jam session or you're picking all the time or playing in your band and you tend to play everything in G or A, Try D, try C. That's a good place to start. Get the big four. You know, if you've been playing in G, try one in D. Then maybe go to A. Then maybe go to C. You know, try some different stuff. It's not going to hurt you, and you're going to learn a lot in the process, and the audience will have a more enjoyable listening experience. You will, too. And it will kind of force you to learn a little bit more about your instrument and how to play in other keys. Now, I said there were 12 keys, major keys. I'm going to skip talking about minor keys in this episode because it could get too long other than I'll just asterisk this and say that every major key has a related minor key. You know, C major pretty much is A minor. G major pretty much is E minor because they use the same notes, but let's not go down the minor, the minor key and minor uh, rabbit hole. Just remember the big four are G, A, D, and C. And if you're not playing any D tunes or C tunes, we'll just work that into your routine and you'll have happier listeners. The next four, the other four, and I call them the other four, even though there are 12, the other four are B, 
key of B, B for bluegrass, B flat, E, and F. That's the other four. That's the major leagues. If you're a mandolin player and you've been playing a year, you've probably not played any song in the key of B. Then you go to a bluegrass festival and there's a big hot jam and everybody's out in the parking lot and they are picking on that tune, Rebecca. They're playing it in B and you're lost. Well, you shouldn't be lost. You know, study my stuff, <laughs> study my videos, my books, etc., and you'll learn how to play in B. It's not that hard. Learn to navigate in the key of B, in the key of B flat, in the key of E, and the key of F. Those eight are all you'll ever be asked to do in bluegrass. Probably three or four times. In 40 years of picking, have I been asked to play a song in the other four, what I call the missing four. And they are A flat, D flat, E flat, and F sharp. You're just not going to encounter those unless you start hanging around with a bunch of saxophone players or something. I mean, they're legitimate keys. You get into playing jazz, you're going to be playing in those keys. Classical music, you're going to be playing in those keys. And if you bump into uh, some singer who just happens to like the key of D flat, well, you're going to be playing in D flat. Although, you know, generally if a person can sing a song in D flat, they could probably sing it in D, you know, or they probably could sing it in C, just, you know, it's only a half a step, you know. So you can really get through a lifetime of playing bluegrass with just eight keys. G, A, D, C, B, B flat, E, and F. Get those down, okay? Your minor leagues are G, A, D, and C, and your major leagues are B, B flat, E, and F. And I wrote a blog post one time. I don't know if you guys have ever scoped out my blog, but if you go to my site, bradleylaird.com, the main banner at the top, you'll see the word blog. If you click on that, it takes you to bradleylaird.com slash blog. And long before I did this podcast, I used to write my thoughts in the form of articles on various things. And I encourage you to go take a look at that. It's just uh, written versions of some of my thoughts on various topics. Um, one of them, if you, if you scroll down through that list of blog articles is one entitled shortcut to learning to play in all keys. And a lot of what I'm saying to you right now is found in that article, you know, about which are the most common keys and what are the next four you should get really familiar with and so on. But it, it's, it's sort of oriented towards mandolin players, but the, the basic gist of it truly applies to any bluegrass instrument. If you're a bass player, you need to know how to play in all the keys. I mean, come on. Do you play? Don't, don't think about your instrument as I'm learning this song. Learn, say to yourself that I'm learning this instrument. Okay? But I would just say, focus on those eight. G-A-D-C. Get those first. Then move to B. B 
B-flat, E, and F, and you're going to find a lot of similarities. I don't care what which instrument you're playing on. If you're playing the banjo out of G standard G tuning, just put your capo on and you can be an A. That is not hard to do. Slide it up one more fret, you're in B-flat. One more fret, you're in B. I mean, that's like child's play. Any fool can do that. But please, once in a while, actually do it. You may scare your mandolin player to death, which is good. They should, you should be in that uncomfortable zone of going, man, I got a lot to learn. I, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do in the key of B, you know? And once you begin to explore other keys, you're going to have a lot more fun with the music. And you're going to learn a whole lot more. So read the blog article, Shortcut to Learning to Play in All Keys. And please, don't let me ever hear this again. If I ever hear this again, I think my head will explode. Somebody at the jam goes, hey, let's play that old blah 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 And someone else says, is that in G or is that in A? As if there were only two choices. And I'll tell you another thing that bugs me. I've said this on a couple of different podcasts. I'm just going to say it again since I am in my therapy session right now. Another thing that bugs me. With the G and A crowd, you know, well, this is in G, is it in G or an A? Is this thing about, well, that one's an A. Well, let's, let's save that one for later because we're in G right now. You know, we spent all this time adjusting our banjo and trying to get it in tune. And we're all in G now. Let's play all our G stuff. And then when we move to A, we'll play all our A stuff, you know. Please, just change learn how to change learn how to tune learn how to tune fairly rapidly switch them back and forth i would be a lot happier playing with a bunch of g and a folks if at least they went back and forth and did g and then a and then g and then a nothing worse than to hear a a a an improvising mandolin player or fiddle player um playing g all night long because he's running out of licks <laughs> You know, he wants to play some A licks, you know, but you never play an A. So how's he going to play any A licks? And uh, anyway, I'm just saying variety is the spice of life. Get out of that rut and learn to play in some new keys. And I, I noticed somebody's cranked up a leaf blower outside. Hopefully that's not being recorded too bad. Okay, let me give you the... Uh... Oh, oh, while I'm on keys, before I leave that... One other little note I put down. I will freely admit it is absolutely true. Certain instrumentals are were written and are designed to be played in a certain key. Okay? I'm cool with that. I'm not saying... Look, red-haired boy should be played in A. Everybody plays it in A. Sally Gooden is in A. Play it in A. I'm not saying don't learn how to play it in B-flat. I told you one time about me and a friend of mine trying to play Sally Gooden in all 12 keys back to back. I mentioned that a long time ago. It's a good exercise. Instrumentals tend to be associated with a certain key. And it's pretty unusual to play them in a different key. I'm not saying you can't do that, but just expect to get some resistance 
if you insist on changing the key of a well-established key for a certain instrumental, okay? I see this all the time in beginning, beginner and intermediate level jam sessions where, you know, the banjo player kicks off Cripple Creek, he's playing it in G, the mandolin player learned it in A. Well, which one is true? You know, I'm going to go with A on that one. You know, it's so simple for the banjo player to put a capo on and just B and A, you know. You take your pick, but the last thing about keys I'll say is when it comes to a vocal, it is my opinion that the, the vocal, the lead vocalists, and perhaps the ranges of the harmony singers, certainly the singers get to choose the key. Don't force a singer to sing in a key that is not their preference. I mean, sometimes you can push them a little bit and go, nah, at least try it. Come on, I think you can do it. Because a lot of people go, oh, I can't sing in B. And then they try it and they, well, by golly, they could, you know. So don't be afraid to try things, but let the singer determine it. If they're squeaking at the top of their, and they just cannot hit that thing, change the key. Don't make the guy sing it in G if he can't. Put it in F. You know, there were a lot of songs that I used to sing. I've got a recording of me singing Rocky Top. It was actually a parody of Rocky Top called I Rocky Top. I'll tell you that story sometime. Might have already told it. but And I hear that tape and I go, God, I can't even believe that's me. You know, I had this real high voice just going along and singing it in tune and everything. I was like, man, I can't believe that's me. That was 25 years ago. You know, my voice is going down. I've got that low, lonesome sound now instead of that high, lonesome sound. Put, it, put the songs in the key, but here's the thing that bugs me. I cannot stand this when I hear this. Somebody suggests a song. Maybe me. All right, let's do... Let's do... Uh, I'll just always use Sitting on Top of the World. Let's do Sitting on Top of the World in F, guys gals, whatever. Let's do sitting on top of the world. Let's do it in F. Okay? And somebody will say to me, well, that's not the key they done it in. Or that's not the right key for that song. There is no right key for a song. There may be a traditional key for that song that's commonly used, but it doesn't mean it's right. It's right if that's the key I can sing it in. I got a bunch of stuff. I, I One time I had to take over the role of singing a bunch of lead. I, I did, in Cedar Hill, sing a good bit of lead. But one time, the, the lead singing was divided up among basically three different people. And one of the guys was going to be late for a gig. So the first hour, I had to do all the lead singing pretty much. And so I went through and made a list of, okay, well, I can do this one and this one and this one, but I got to change the keys. And I was singing all this stuff like, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which everybody does in G. I was singing it in B. I'd capo the banjo up to B, and I'd sing it down. I was actually going down to B, from G down to B. You know, putting things in a comfortable place. And it was kind of fun to hear these songs done with a different kind of, I don't know, tonic center? I, guess. I don't know. It's just good to get out of G and A. Please. Please, get out of G&A once in a while. I do love G&A, you know, but not all night long. Okay, that's enough about keys. Let me give you a second way you can get out of your rut. And speaking of ruts, I was uh, 
coming home from an appointment the other day, not with my psychiatrist. I was just driving back to the house, long old country road, big cotton field out there, and uh, just farm fields. And I'm just tooling along this little old two-lane country road. I was is uh, Shiloh Road in Sumter County. I'm just going along there. You know, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and in my rear view mirror, I see a car just barreling down on me, you know, about to uh, run me off the road. Just, I mean, they're coming up fast behind me. I'm doing, you know, 45. This car is doing 60, 65, maybe 70. I see it in the rear view mirror, and then I see it just disappear, and it, it goes to pass me. <laughs> Well, what that person who decided to pass me flying up that country road didn't know was right in front of me was a guy in a pickup truck who was turning into a farm field. He was going to make a left turn, but this car zooming up on me from behind could not see that truck in front of me. And so as soon as they cut around me to the left to pass me, that truck turned left right in front of them. Barely missed each other. The truck just barely missed, and the car went careening off into a ditch. So I stop, you know, check in, see if everybody's all right. Well, luckily, everybody was all right. The lady driving the car jumped out and was screaming bloody murder. I just bought this car. I just bought this car. Well, lady, you ought to take a little more care of it. Don't be driving it off in a ditch. Thank God they didn't hit a culvert and flip. There was little kids in the car. They were all screaming and crying, and it was just a mess. But nobody was hurt. It was just a harmless, you know, skidding down into a... <laughs> they kind of plowed up a bunch of earth as they ground to a halt. That's... You don't want to be in that rut, you know? Get out of your rut. So here's solution two to get out of your rut. Try a new tuning. This is just, you know... I think people forget that you can tune a banjo more than one way. You don't just have to play in G. Just, uh, you know... Try tuning in low C tuning. That's a great way, by the way, to banjo players hate the key of F because there is no negative capo that you can, you know, put a capo on that lowers your pitch. You can only raise your pitch. Well, you can't raise it all the way up to F without capoing at the 10th fret. So the solution is learn also to play in the key of C and the, maybe the key of D. You know, and then you can put your capo on. You take that key of C and you capo up. Now you're in D. Capo up a little more. You're in E, and then you're in F, and you you know you're not capoing up past the fifth fret. So banjo players learn a little something about what I call drop C tuning, where you just take your low D note and run it down to a C and learn how to play out of C. There's also double C tuning on a banjo, which you you do that. You lower that fourth string down to C, and you also raise your second string up to a C. Very cool. Uh, there's, a, there's a very popular um, Steve Martin banjo tune that's in that double C tuning, and it's used an awful lot in clawhammer styles, but there's no reason you can't incorporate it into bluegrass as well. Same thing goes with D tuning, open D tuning on the banjo. You're going to learn how to play Reuben, tune down. Learn how to navigate in that D tuning. And there are other tunings. Banjo is the most logical instrument to try those things on because there's a lot of material out there in various tunings. Learn, you know, learn your way around to navigate in that what I call Reuben tuning. 
you know. Now you just, you're in the key of D, you need to play in the key of E, it's not a problem. Throw your capo on, you're in the key of E. And you get some new sounds and you get to try some new licks and stuff. Okay, mandolin players, it's, it, I can give you that. It's, there are not as many different tunings, but just explore some of the Bill Monroe stuff. You know, go listen to Get Up John. That's a different tuning, and it's a really cool one. You know, uh, I used to play that tune some, but I always carried two mandolins. I would have one already pre-tuned to that tuning. But play around with different tunings on the mandolin. Fiddle, same thing. There's cross-tuning, you know. There's, you don't have to play it always in the same tuning. Just experiment. It's, it's some things you can do that can be refreshing to the ears of your listener, even if it's one tune a night. Guitar. Try drop D tuning. Just run that low E string all the way down to a D when you're going to play a tune in the key of D. It is super cool. Okay. You can even do what, what our guitar player Bob McIsaac used to do. Um, and that is go to drop D and then put a banjo capo on and only capo strings one through five. Uh, there's some interesting things you can do with different tunings. Dobro. You don't have to always play in that same old GBD, GBD. You know, go listen to some Mike Aldridge and some of this Jerry Douglas stuff that you're, everybody's like gaga over. It's, it's amazing. Listen, to some of those, it's just changing one note, you know. Took the G, made an A. And wow, now you're getting all these big fat chords and stuff. Explore different tunings. That's a way to get out of the rut okay third idea this one should be so obvious that i don't need to say it maybe learn a new song or learn a new tune you know maybe you're just playing the same old stuff way too much you know if i go to a jam session every week for let's say a couple of years and I, I already know what they're going to play before I get there. That's bad. It's boring. I mean, you do get better at those tunes. That's a way to improve those tunes. But oh, please, once in a while, come in with something new and say, hey, let me show you this new one, guys. You know? <laughs> Bring some new material. Okay, so that's three ways to get out of your rut. Learn to play in new keys. Experiment with new tunings and learn a new song. And for you banjo players and mandolin players and also upright bass players, one of the things that I've used a lot with my students and have incorporated into the various packages and lessons and things is I made a set of, of practice jam tracks and I recorded them in all 12 keys. So you got to track one is the key of G. Track two is the key of G sharp or A flat. Track three is the key of A. And it's a one, four, five chord progression. You know, run about 80 beats a minute. And you can practice improvising and stuff. And you put on these 12 tracks. Put them on a playlist in iTunes or something and start them. And you're going to be jamming, playing in the key of G. And then click. You are now in G sharp slash A flat. How do you do? You know, well, you know, I told you earlier, you can skip A flat if you want to. You can skip D flat, E flat, and F sharp. You can just take those out of your playlist if you want to. 
and put in the G, A, D, C, B, B flat, E, and F tracks. Those eight, use those. Learn to play them. If you're a bass player, learn how to play in those keys. It's not that difficult. Some, some of them are a little more physically demanding. You know, when you're playing in B flat, you don't have as many open strings. You know, you just don't. Playing in G, you got it more, D. You know, you can play a song in the key of D, a 1-4-5 progression on an upright bass and with no left hand. <laughs> okay? So I admit, some keys are physically easier. But learn to do it. You know, take a little pride in your musicianship. You know what I'm saying? The resources are there. You know, my material. Go to bradleylaird.com. You'll find it. Or other people. I'm Certainly other people have created a lot of nice instructional material as well. But, you know, what good does it do me to, to plug their material? <laughs> anyway, last thing. Thanks to the patrons over at patreon.com slash Bradley Laird who are supporting this show and making it possible. Y'all have a great week. Talk to you in the next episode. Oh, and I... I used to do this all the time. Oh, one more thing, because I always think of one more thing just as I hit stop. I'm going to go out. The music for this one, the outro music, is just to inspire you to get into, try some different tunings. I uh, periodically swap my banjo over to low D tuning. And, you know, the John Hartford low D tuning and, and put different strings on them. You actually have a a wound third and a wound fourth string because the strings are a lot heavier if you're going to run it down to D. I love playing in that low D Hartford-esque tuning and just going to go out with uh, a little snippet of me goofing around playing in that low D banjo tuning. Y'all have a great week. Talk to you next time.